Well, as I mentioned, we are uh, concluding this short series that we've called The Generous Life, where we're seeking to understand how we can put into practice the ways of Jesus of being uh, a generous and, and utterly giving God, and how we might see that kind of characteristic formed more in our hearts more fully. And, and we're coming to the end of this before we enter into the Advent season, where we're seeking to understand uh, all this that God has given us to live. And, and God instructs us all throughout the Older Testament and the Newer Testament to grow in our generosity, in our giving, in our love of one another, that we care for one another. And He does that because that's the, the part of His nature. Then the nature of God, God is a giving, loving, generous kind of God. And we've seen, as we saw in the last couple of weeks here, that we are the recipients of God's utter generosity. That if we could pay attention to all the ways in which God has blessed us, all the ways in which God has poured out his generous kindness and, and mercies and, and grace in our lives, then we would realize that we are the just as simply recipients of God's outlandish generosity in our in our life and he has given us his generosity his mercy and his all the blessings that he's done for us in order that we may be conduits of that mercy of that grace of that generosity towards other people that we ought to receive from God and when we receive from him we ought to kind of give that away to other people that's just the way things work within the kingdom of God sacrificial giving has always been a quality of God's people where they sacrifice the things for themselves for the betterment of the people of God. That we would sacrifice for one another. It's always been a key quality of the people of God. And from the Older Testament and, and even the Newer Testament. We see it in the book of Acts. We see it all the way through. That we are people that are, are generous and sacrificial in order to point people to a way of God. In order to point people to a different way of living, not one that's clasping after the things that we so want, but one that with open hands that we serve and we learn to give our things away to the benefit of other people. Whatever amount of stuff that we have, whether we have tons materially or we have not so much materially, we have been given these things in order to use them to benefit and to be generous towards other people. To demonstrate the, a faith, a life of faith in the generous ways of God that not only has he blessed me, but he has blessed me in order to be a blessing towards other people. That we regularly give and we learn to grow in our generosity. And by when, when we regularly give, we're exercising these muscles of faith that we will learn to live by faith in increasing measures to, to give to the work of God in this world. Like I said, we see this in the book of Acts. You see it all the way through the Newer Testament where people regularly sacrificed for themselves and they would give to the work of God in the world. They would collect a, a giving offering to continue the work that God has done. Selfless, sacrificial generosity has always been a marker of the new church or of the new community and of God's people. It's always been like that. Selfless, sacrificial, regular giving has always been a part of God's people because that has always been a part of who God is. And when we align ourselves and apprentice ourselves after the teachings of Jesus, then we will find ourselves becoming more generous, more sacrificial, more giving in our things, in our stuff. But this morning, our passage from Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is instructing not just uh, that we would give, but he's instructing us how we give. How we give. As usual with Jesus, it's not simply to just you know, check the boxes and make sure that you're doing all the right things. 
but it's about our heart motivation. What's underneath the tone? What's the stuff underneath it? And how we can do that in a more reflective way of who God is. So this morning, as we zero in on this passage in Matthew chapter 6, as we kind of conclude this series, I'm gonna, we're going to explore not just that we are to be generous people, but how our giving and how our generosity can actually become an act of worship. It's not just that we give, but it's how we give. How we give can lead to an act of worship and can lead to a deeper, more meaningful, more joyful experience of God's grace in our life and in our life with others. So that's where we're going this morning. So let's pray as we dig into it. Jesus, I pray that you would meet us in these moments, that as we open up your word, as we experience you, when we seek to align our lives after your grace, that you would teach us how to do this in increasing measure. It's in your name we pray. Amen. As I said this morning, our passage from Matthew 6 is Jesus is not confronting simply a, a false teaching. Uh, in other places in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus would say, you have heard it as said, but I tell you. You've heard it as said, but I'm t-. he's correcting teaching. But here in Matthew 6, he's confronting a false example. A false example. He assumes that giving is taking place. He assumes that people, uh, the people of God are a giving people. But what needs to be corrected is not that they would be giving, but their motivation behind this giving. How it is being done. Not just that it's being done, how it is being done. And when he confronts us, he points us to the reality that when we give, we are in fact worshiping. And how we give determines what we are worshiping or who we are worshiping. Because there's a way into which we are to give that demonstrates that we are worshiping God And the ways in our hearts and our motivation demonstrates that we are worshiping God in how we give. And there are other ways that are self-promoting giving. When in reality, what we're worshiping is ourselves. And pride has seeped into our giving. And if we're really being honest, how we are giving demonstrates that we are more self-worship than we are God-worship. We are more trying to glorify ourselves than we are trying to give glory to God. And this is what Jesus is confronting here because we are all tempted each one of us we are tempted to reach out for the praise of other people to reach out for other people to think we are better than what we really are to allow them to think really great thoughts about us we're all tempted like this we're tempted with pride and with arrogance and to use our giving in some regards to show how great we are so that other people would think good things about us and in that way our giving really is a a form of self-worship And Jesus says that the reward there will be short-lived and will never be satisfying. Rather, Jesus confronts that kind of openness and self-promoting nature of the Pharisees that are always pointing to themselves and see how great I am. Look at how much I'm giving. See how great I am. And he confronts that. And he points us to a better way of living, a better way of giving that grows from a heart of gratitude of who God is and of true righteousness rather than a false righteousness. And he brings up the issue of a hypocrite and a humble person. He contrasts these two different hearts of giving. The hypocrite heart or hypocritical heart and the humble heart. And the hypocritical heart is the heart that gives to give their own glory. To get glory for themselves. While, While as the humble heart is giving glory to God and seeking to really be motivated to give a blessing to other people. Listen again to Matthew chapter 6, verse 2. Jesus describes it this way. When you give to the needy, 
Do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Now, it seems a little crazy to me, and it actually seems really crazy that people would blow trumpets every time that they were giving out to the needy. And they would, you know, they just give something and they blow the trumpets out in the synagogues or in the marketplace, that sort of thing. But some biblical scholars would point out that there were times when they would just announce that there was a need in the community by blasting trumpets. They would blast trumpets in the, in the community and the synagogue would, would announce, hey, there's a great need. There's a great need. And then these people would show up when these announcements of these great needs would come, and they'd show up and say, I'll take care of that, and they were giving out and during those kind of things. And these people that Jesus are confronting, then are not just people who are giving and they're blasting their own trumpets, but they're giving out whenever there's a special need. They just give during those times. They're not giving regularly or faithfully or just as an act of worship or an act of devotion to say, all I have is yours, God, and I'm going to steward it well. But they're giving it whenever there's a need really big that everyone can see, wow, how great they are. They gave to that one big need. It's clear that the motivation of these hypocritical people are motivated by being seen by others, recognized by the whole community as being really generous really grateful, really, you know, uh, giving of their things. The trumpets blasted, and here they show up in a big parade. Here's a big need, and I'll show up, and I'll make sure that everyone knows because everyone saw it. But when it was quiet, and there's a quiet need, and a regular faithful giving, these people are nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. Jesus calls them hypocrites because they're pretending to be somebody that they're not. They're pretending to have this aspect of generosity and being giving and being kind of uh, righteous when in reality all they really want is to appear to be that way. And so when there is a real big need, they'll show up. But on the everyday kind of faithfulness of giving, when they're everyday kind of stuff, they don't want anything to do with it. They're playing the part of righteousness, but they're not really learning to be righteous. In his book on the Sermon on the Mount, theologian Sinclair Ferguson writes this about this passage. He says, Jesus says, this is not a gift in the sight of God. It is a purchase. The man is not helping the poor half as much as he is using the poor to help him. It's not helping the poor. It's not that he's being generous. He's not being gracious with his stuff. He's using that need in order to prop up his own self-righteousness. To give the appearance as being generous and, and lavish out with generosity. But it's not really there. True generosity, true genuine generosity is not about getting recognition for it. It's about a genuine desire to see other people blessed. That's true righteous generosity. It's not in a desire to be recognized. Not when the trumpets blast and there's a big deal going on. But in order to just really see our resources, our stuff to be a blessing to other people and to just enjoy the, the aspect that you can bless them. And we recognize that, right? And just intuitively, we kind of get that. But the nasty truth is that giving will increase when people are recognized. I mean, think about it. Most of us have been around schools or have been around fundraisers and all that kind of stuff that go on. That when you have a fundraiser going on and you need to raise tons of money, well, then you tell the people that are giving, well, we'll put your name on the banner. 
Or we'll put your name on a brick. Or we'll, don't, we'll make this bench in your name and your honor. We'll plaster your name all over the place. Your, your company will get a big you know, banner. And the, the more you give, the bigger your banner will get. So everyone will recognize it. And the truth is, when you make those promises and people are recognized, their giving increases. That's just the reality of it. Intuitively, we know that there's goodness in giving. But we also really like the praise and the recognition that we get when we give. That's just the true, the true reality that we live in. And Jesus is confronting that kind of inner motivation that when we give, that we're looking for recognition. And I'm not saying that it's bad and it's wrong to thank people. I'm not saying that it's bad to, to give, when, even though if your name is going to put on a banner, don't feel guilty if you've done that. And I'm not saying it's bad to have those kinds of things whatsoever. But Jesus is saying, beware. Beware. Because our, our hearts like the praise of other people a little too much. So be careful. Be careful. Are we like the praise that we get when we are recognized? And we very well may settle for small rewards. So be careful in how you give. It's not that it's bad if your name gets up on a plaque or if it's in a, in a brick or in a bench or something like that. It's not that that's bad. And it's not bad that we recognize people when they're giving large amounts or when they're giving small amounts. It's not bad that we do that. So if you're in a company that has the, a property you know, where you're putting things, it's not bad that we do. But just be careful, Jesus says. Again, our hearts like the praise of other people, and sometimes they like them a little too much. So be careful. Jesus describes people who are looking for recognition as hypocritical because they're pretending to be generous when really they're not. They're really more self-worship. Secondly, he then looks at the humble-hearted, those that are, have humility. Matthew chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. To round out the passage, he says this, But when you give... When you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. See, Jesus' desire for our generosity is to be truly an act of righteousness, of goodness that comes from a heart that is seeking to worship God, not seeking to worship self, not to be self-recognized or anything, but to simply do it so that God would see it and understand it. And so a good practice for us to kind of be careful of how closely and much we like people's attention and people's recognition of us, a good discipline or practice for us is to practice the discipline of secrecy, to give, to serve, to pray, to read your Bible in secret. Not to prop it up and let everyone know, not to subtly drop hints. Well, well, I was reading in my devotional that I do every day, 35 minutes a day that I do. You know, not anything like that, but you do it secretively. That you pray secretively. And that you would give secretively. Not in a way for other people to think highly about you or to think better about you. Not to be seen, but simply because it is good and it molds our heart to be more like Jesus when we give, when we serve, when we pray, when we read the scriptures. And so as a discipline to kind of push against the aspect of having other people recognize us, we begin just to do some of that in secret. No one ever sees it. We push against this temptation to be recognized by others when we really just do things when no one's going to recognize it. 
no one's going to see it. And just so you know, Jesus is not giving a new law here. He's not saying that all of your giving has to be done in secret. And if anyone ever knows how much you were to give at any point, then you're sinning. You're not doing it right. He's not giving a new law. He's not saying that you should avoid at all costs ever being recognized or recognizing anyone for their generosity. He's not giving a new law here. Remember, as apprentices to Jesus, just a, a chapter or two before this, we are to be making God visible. We are to reflect God's glory. That our, When our lives conform to his image, that we are actually to show off to other people, to show them God's glory. That we are to reflect that. So when people see us and they see our good deeds, they would glorify their fa- our Father in heaven. Matthew chapter 5, just a chapter before this giving teaching, he says this. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So it's not that Jesus is giving a, a new law that you cannot give, you cannot be generous if someone knows that you're giving. That whatever you do is so secretively that your left hand doesn't even know what your right hand is doing. He's giving an inner motivation that it is about learning how to give, not to get people's praise, but to give out of a pure motive. He's teaching that when we are tempted to hide at times, because if we were to hide our righteousness or hide our good things, our good deeds, then, then it would be, un, or if we would make them known, then we may not be so popular in our culture. If we would be, make them known, so then we hide them. In order to be popular in our culture, we hide our stuff. And Jesus says, well, you should not do that. Don't manage people's view of you. Simply be who you are, righteous, holy, and uh, giving and loving like God is. So when we have a temptation to kind of uh, hide, because if we stay hidden, then maybe if somebody keep our stuff close to us, then maybe we would be well accepted by our culture and we manage people's image of us. Jesus says, no, no, no. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. But other times we are tempted to show off. Other times we are tempted to shine out so brightly because we are somehow trying to manipulate people's ideas of us and manage their image in front of us. And to this, Jesus says, well, be careful. Maybe you need to do some of this stuff in secret so you're not so caught up in other people's image of you. Don't manage people's image of you. In other words, be genuinely good and righteous and loving and and reflect a genuineness of generosity rather than this aspect of self-worship. What is aspect of self-worship? Jesus recognizes, in other words, that there are really different approaches to giving and each will be rewarded, but they will be rewarded vastly differently. Vastly differently. For the hypocrite, Jesus says the reward will be the praise of other people. He says if you're giving in a way in which you're going to be recognized, well, sure, you'll get recognized. But that's all you're going to get. And it'll be short-lived, and it won't be satisfying, and you'll always be clamoring and trying to get more and more attention from other people. But for the humble, for the one who's giving out of a heart of generosity that's learning to do this in the way that God, then you will be blessed by God, and it will be lasting, and it will be eternal, and it will be satisfying. God ultimately will give us our heart's desire. If you desire the recognition from other people, then that will be the extent of it. And that's what you'll get. If you desire to understand God's ways and if you desire to to honor God with your whole life, 
and even honor him in your generosity, then he will begin to bless and you will experience more of his joy and his mercy and his grace in your life than you've ever experienced. This is what we're looking at. How do we do this? When our righteousness needs to surpass the simply wanting to be recognized and looking good on the outside, but actually have a genuine righteousness that is going. When we have an act of worship in our giving rather than self-worship. When we don't manage the image of other people by making sure that we make a big scene of it, but we joyfully are a conduit of God's generosity to those people all around us. And when we can learn to live the generous life modeled after Jesus, we will find it to be the most satisfying abundant, joy-filled, vibrant life than you could ever imagine. How we give and our inner motivation is crucially important. So how do you do that? How do you check your inner motivation and how do you give with a heart that is more reflective of a heart of worship and our giving can be more of an act of worship rather than act of worship of God rather than act of worship of ourselves? How can we take steps to that? Again, no matter how much, how little or how much you may have, what can we do to grow our hearts to be more generous that reflects God's generosity with true righteousness? And for this, I've got four quick suggestions. Practices that we can do to begin to grow in our generosity with a heart that is more of an act of worship than an act of self-worship. And the first one is to learn to just simply give faithfully and regularly. Give faithfully and regularly. People Jesus is describing as hypocrites were giving only when the trumpets blasted. Only when there was a big, great need. They weren't giving regularly. They weren't giving faithfully. It wasn't about like a, a whatever comes in, my first fruits, I'm going to give back to God right away. It was wait, I'm wait, wait until a big need is there and I can make a big splash. But learn to give faithfully and regularly. So when you commit to a faithful and regular giving to the work of God in this world, then we cultivate a heart that is generous and is consistent with who we are, not just on the big blasts, but consistent with who we are. Even when there's not a big, massive, great need, but we practice faithful, regular giving. Practice it. Second practice to do, and this is what Jesus says, we practice secrecy from time to time. In order to push against this temptation to be recognized by how great we are, well, again, we just simply at times anonymously give in secret. And there are lots of ways that you can do this. I don't need to spell them all out for you. But the idea here is to discipline ourselves to not give in order to be prideful or in order to be recognized, to be noticed. But just at times find ways that you can anonymously give and to give to the work of God in this world in secret. Third way you can reflect a heart of worship in your giving is that you will learn to give to God and not people. Learn that your giving is to God and not people. See, when our giving is an act of worship, we do it as, as obedience to who God is, not in order to manipulate others of what they think of us or what, they, what I want them to do. Sometimes people give to various organizations in order to push an agenda, in order to become a big contributor. So if they're a big contributor, then people will listen to them and do what, kind of what they're wanting. And if, if you don't do what I'm asking you to do, then I'll just take my contributions and go someplace else. But the way of Jesus and the way of generosity and the way of giving that Jesus points us to is different than giving in order to push an agenda. Jesus says, not so with you. Don't do your giving the way the world gives it. If you want to be the greatest, then you become the servant. That You simply give and you give it to God. 
You give it to God first. We don't do it to push an agenda. We don't do it in order to get our things done the way we want them to be done. We give it as a servant of God's generosity. And we give it as an act of worship. Now, just so you know, for those of us that are called to be managers of the resources that are given, and I'll just speak for us at Crossroads, it is our responsibility to steward these resources well. And we will be held accountable for how well we steward the resources that God's people have brought to the church and to God's family here. And we have a finance team, we have an elder board, and all of our finances are always open book, and you can always take a look at them to make sure that we are stewarding and doing what God has called us to do. And we will be held accountable for it. Make no mistake. But our job as givers... Our job as primarily giving people, our desire is to not give to an organization or to the church in order to push through our agenda, to make sure that we get certain things done the way we want them to get done, to make sure things are going the way we think they should be going. We give because it reflects the heart of God, and so we give to God first. We don't give to people or to programs or to lights or to buildings. We give to God, and we let it go. And we allow the, the people that are called to manage, to manage and to steward, and we recognize that they will be held accountable for a high standard that they are hold, held up to. But we learn that our giving is an act of worship when we simply let it go. And we don't try to manage exactly that it's done exactly the way we want it to. We're not trying to pull levers, and we're not trying to push an agenda. We are simply giving, and we give to God first. Give to God first. Fourth and final quick suggestion for you to how to have a grow a heart of worship in our giving we learn to give sacrificially we learn to give sacrificially regardless of how much it is we learn to live on less so that we can give more regardless of how much god has given us we learn to live on less so that we can give more sacrificially give to the work of god in this world And to kind of help us with that, let me read for you a teaching Jesus has in Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. More than money, more than the amount, more than what we can, you know, out of our riches give, God desires that we give our hearts and that we learn that it truly is, no matter how, what the number is, that it is better to give and to cultivate a heart of generosity than a heart of clasping onto things. That it is better for us to give because we have experienced the utter generosity of God himself. And so we learn to steward those resources and to give away. And to learn to live on less so that we can give more. Sacrificially give. My prayer for us is that we would be people whose generosity has reached the point of sacrificial generosity. And then as we experience the, this generous life, faithfully worshiping God and how we give, not just that we give, but how we do, 
by bringing glory to God, not seeking recognition for ourselves, at times giving in secret, faithfully, regularly giving as a part of who we are, and even to the point of sacrificial giving where we would learn to live on less so that we may give more, that we may experience the blessings that come from God when we reflect his generosity to this world around us. Let me pray for us, and then we'll go. God, once again, we are humbled and amazed at your generosity to us. And as we seek to take steps in our giving and we seek to take steps in our growth of generosity, I pray that you would help us to not just take the pragmatic, practical steps, but you would guard our hearts against self-worship or against uh, manipulating other people's image of us, that we would just simply learn to step into the stream of generosity that we may be your people and may we reflect your kingdom and do it well. Amen.